John Gregg leads the race for governor. We have the results from the Wish TV Ball State Hoosier survey. The margin in the race for president in Indiana and the Senate candidates meet in their only debate with Evan Bayh still in the lead. That plus the races for state school superintendent and attorney general. The prayer that only looked like a protest and more on Indiana Week in Review for the week ending October 21, 2016. <music> Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com. This week, we enter the home stretch of the race for governor with Democrat John Gregg in a position to win. John Gregg is now a seasoned candidate with the kind of financial support that he didn't have in 2012. We've got substantive plans, and I think Hoosiers like to hear that. It's why Gregg now holds a five-point lead in the race for governor. The Hoosier survey pegs the race at 48% for Gregg and 43% for Eric Holcomb. Gregg is in pretty good position. That's despite the fact that a majority of voters, 54%, think Indiana is headed in the right direction. Just 36% believe it's on the wrong track. Holcomb, of course, got into the race late, uh, so he had name recognition that he had to uh, earn. But there's something else at work. Holcomb is tied to Mike Pence on policies that include a regional city's approach to economic development. That initiative is revitalizing and transforming communities uh, across the entire state. And one of those connections may be hurting his chances. 59% of voters contacted in the Hoosier survey support an Indiana Civil Rights Act that would prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. It's something Pence opposed and Holcomb won't pursue. Just 32% are opposed. Will this race go down to the wire? It's the first question for our Indiana Week in Review panel, Democrat and Delaney. Republican Michael Bryan, John Schwannis, the host of Indiana Lawmakers, and John Ketzenberger, president of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. I'm Wish TV State House reporter Jim Shella. Michael Bryan, does Eric Holcomb need to get out from under Mike Pence's shadow? No, I don't think so. One, I think uh, Mike Pence's popularity is back on the rise, um, especially as we get closer to the election. But look, I mean, I'm not one to criticize polls, but this one oversampled Democrats. It didn't include the Libertarian. Those two facts alone we know help skew the, the result for, for Democrats. Well, and we also just, know these races aren't just, being run like they're anything other than neck and neck. Okay, let me just do this for, <laughs> for poll aficionados. Uh, it, it, the self-identification of Republicans and Democrats is, is flexible, and it appears like, like they, they were even in this poll, and it looks like that could be what happens by the time we get to Election Day in Indiana this year. Um, it's never been the case in Indiana. Uh, and also That's not how any of these other polls are being it, it, it has been the case in 1996 in Indiana. For and in 1994, it went the other way. 
I remember the samples we were doing in 1994, and we kept thinking we had bad samples because we had so many Republicans. And what we saw was a trend towards self-identified Republicans. What we're seeing here is a trend towards self-identified Democrats. But the numbers have been consistent for John Gregg for months on every poll. And he's leading, and he's leading because they're tired of Mike Pence and, and Eric Holcomb's policies. You saw the support. Uh, for the end of discrimination based on, on uh, sexual orientation and uh, gender identity. And, and Holcomb is the same as Mike Pence on that. And voters are tired of that kind of social uh, approach, and they're tired of that administration. They and also place the a numbers really low will priority be, on it right now. Then, I mean, they oh, see of no course pass, he places a low no, priority because do. of that number. No, voters do. We, N- no, we see yeah, that. I was well, a part we'll of these. See, I've been we'll a part we'll of these fights we'll, in we'll, favor of expanding we'll, the we'll, It's we'll a low see, priority. It's really hard to get We'll see about that. But the fact of the matter is that all we have with Holcomb is Mike Pence in a taller version, and voters are tired of it. And it, what's interesting, though, even though he's been created by Mike Pence and elevated by Mike Pence, Mike Pence doesn't appear in his ads. Can you imagine that? Well, I don't they, know how that happened he, when Mike he, he is so popular. He references Mitch Daniels in Only. his ads, which, yes. Uh, he does do such a great job of making sure that people know he worked with Mike Pence, so we just remind him that he also worked with Mitch Daniels. <laughs> Very <laughs> nice. And for what it's worth, on your other point, it's my understanding in polls where you, you put the libertarian name in there, uh, the libertarian draws equally from both sides, and right. you end up with we've the same margin. We've, we've in, in our internal, internal polls, we've done two-way in the only in the Senate race, we've not tried to test it in the governor's race. We've tested two-way in the Senate race and three-way in the Senate race. And when you test it three-way, it's even. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. your margin yeah. doesn't change. Right. So, no. So he's but, losing. But, no, what you're saying without him is that, that he's outpacing him by 4%. Right? No. Without him, without him buys up. With, with them, they're tied. No. no. But I think we're in the weeds. No. <laughs> we oh, are. You hope. We are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, this, but this comes on the heels of the Monmouth University survey that had John Gregg up by 12. I mean, the, the, 13 percent Republican. Uh, we were a little advantage. skeptical of that poll last week. We, we talked about it, and I think rightly so. I think I think it is a very close race. And this this poll, the Ball State Bowen uh, Institute Wish Poll, um, I think is more accurate, and it's a reflection of the moment in time. But the thing that that I think is important to remember here too is that. Um, this is a poll where John Gregg or has not hit 50% yet, but he's at 48. So he's climbed to a to a level that's starting to get very important. And with the Libertarian in, if again it wasn't in the sample, but you only got to get to 48. Right. And and I think that um, you know the Libertarian has shown some strength uh, in, in Indiana, uh, certainly on the presidential side and in the Senate race. And so I think that. Um, uh, I think that this really casts John in a very positive situation for the moment. We've still got two weeks to go, a little over two weeks to go, and I think it's important to remember that this, uh, this election overall has been very fluid, and I think that, that uh, you, know, you can't underestimate the effect of that. Exactly. I mean, this, it's not over yet, uh, certainly, uh, because nobody has reached the magic number. Even if you do throw in a third-party candidate, the election isn't here yet. well, and there's that. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. And, it's, and it's, there's one lesson I've taken away from the past year and a half. It's that uh, things happen dramatically in a 24-hour period. Actually, never mind 24-minute period. They yeah. can they yeah, can just happen. Look at Trump. So, but I do think that if uh, the wild card here, of course, is the effect on this race that the race at the top of the ticket will have the presidential race. And my sense is that in Indiana, as in other states, the movement would be away from Donald Trump, perhaps, which I can't imagine why that would possibly help Eric Holcomb. Right. Uh, again, but hey, we've got 
Lots right, of 20, well, 24 minute periods between now and then, so who knows? Let's go there. Indiana is a red state, so you expect Donald Trump to lead in the race for president here. But the Wish TV Ball State Hoosier survey shows that he doesn't have a big lead. Donald Trump wants to talk about how the election is rigged against him. He may not accept the results. I will look at it at the time. I'm not looking at anything now. I'll look at it at the time. That shouldn't be an issue in Indiana. The Hoosier survey shows Trump with a six-point lead over Hillary Clinton here, 43 to 37. Libertarian Gary Johnson gets 9%, but just 7% are undecided. It is somewhat baked in now, uh, this electorate is solidifying pretty quickly. That's despite Trump's perceived problems with women voters and Hillary Clinton's efforts to fuel that. Donald thinks belittling women makes him bigger. Trump has about 82 percent of Republican women still with him. Um, he's um, got evangelicals and those who are highly religious are still behind him. 30% of Indiana voters say the biggest issue is the economy. That's the top answer, but close behind at 28% is the question of who gets to name Supreme Court justices. For Republicans, the number one issue in this election is Supreme Court appointees. And that probably goes a long way to explaining why Trump is keeping the religious right, why he's keeping uh, large numbers uh, in his base. And Mike Pence will help. 30% say his presence on the ticket makes it more likely they will vote Trump, although it makes no difference to 45% of Indiana voters. And Delaney, will Mike Pence carry Indiana for Donald Trump? I, I don't think so. I think Hillary Clinton's going to carry Indiana. I think Mike Pence started out here trying to be the reason voice of those two in the okay, campaign. I, I understand you're optimistic, but she's at 37. Uh, I understand that. And, and the other, the other point, if I could finish my point, the other point on that is that the, the, the trend is away from him. You did this before the last debate when he basically said that the Constitution doesn't matter and the orderly transition of power is not relevant as far as he's concerned. And, you know, basically that if he doesn't win everything and get everything he wants, it's obviously because everything is rigged. I think people are tired of him and moving the other way. And on top of that, as I said, Mike Pence started out trying to be the reason person, and now he's Donald Trump. Now he's saying, well, you know, maybe he should contest the election. And on and on and on. He's become Donald Trump in the appeal to his right-wing base. What, but, what, but what this poll shows, I think, is not that, that Donald Trump is popular at Indiana. It's that people don't want Hillary Clinton, uh, Republicans don't want Hillary Clinton to be choosing members of the Supreme Court. I think that's a big issue. I think, I think Donald Trump's uh, best performance was the third debate. Um, and he brought up issues that the Republican base cares deeply about and that are going to be decided for a generation uh, based on who, who the next president selects for the Supreme Court. And you know, what, what's important about the Supreme Court election, as, as it's also important selection, uh, the importance of the president, when you have a Democratic president, the number of abortions go down. When you have a Republican president, the number of abortions go up. Because it isn't enough to be pro-birth. You have to be pro-life. Well, and that's sure. what your party misses. Yeah, but Hillary Clinton had a pretty impassioned defense of partial birth abortions. I don't think the pro-life community is going to go along One percent of the abortions that occur in this country are partial birth right, abortions. And usually because the fetus is already deceased. Okay? We're a little off track. John. Help me get back on. Yeah, quite, what are we well, talking about? No one's going to be surprised if Donald Trump wins Indiana. No. I think the big surprise would be, of course, if at 601 or whatever, uh, you know, the, it's always the competition to be the first state to go up when the networks, uh, when the polls close. 
and the networks project winners. I do think, though, and I think uh, certainly uh, Donald Trump has the upper hand in, in this state, but I do think it'll be, it is closing and it'll be a lot closer certainly than some of the polls suggested where it was, you know, double digits, even up into the, I mean, crazy numbers uh, a, few, a few months back. I think it'll be a lot closer. You know, let's talk about the third debate and the performance. I think, as has been said, and I think this makes uh, sense to me, that Donald Trump, if anything, he did energize people. I mean, there were, are people, his strong supporters, who are very enthusiastic about some of the issues he raised. And if anything, this ensures that they'll get off the couch and go out and, and vote. But it didn't really pull anybody into the tent. And if you look at those polling numbers, yeah. he needs more people in the tent uh, if he really wants to, you know, but win the by the kind of margin that, that if he apparently. He doesn't come out of Indiana well, with 20 points. He can't win nationally. Well, but it also would appear that he's not going to have much in the way of coattails here. Uh, that's the thing I really want to see is what effect does that have down the ballot? Are people going to come out and specifically vote for Donald Trump and then go home, or will they scratch on that race and come further down? And if so, where do they land? Okay, so you can't see your, you're a Republican, you can't see yourself voting for uh, Hillary Clinton, but can you see yourself voting for John Gregg or Evan Bayh or even further down the ballot? I'm, I can't wait to see what the results are, you know, the next it, week. Because well, that'll not, be fascinating. If you're not pro-Trump, if you're not pro-Trump, how do you see yourself supporting for either Eric Holcomb or or uh, or uh, Young? Because they're both Trump supporters. That's All right, the case I, you have to make, and that's well, the case. they'll make that case. I want to well, we'll hear what Mike has to say about early voting. If you, if you look at two things in reaction to the poll, one, you look how these campaigns are being run. They're being run by every campaign like they're neck and neck, and that's just not a rhetorical statement. We're running like we're behind. You know, that a lot of campaigns say. I mean, every point matters. If you look around the state right now, it's Republican strongholds that are outperforming in early voting, like uh, to record levels. Well, no, statewide, that's not true. we actually, this poll question, the people who were right. questioned in this poll were asked if they voted early, and the Democrats had a huge, huge advantage, advantage in early, you were early, early voting. Yeah, you were in the field three days after early voting, sir. We have 10 days of data now. We, we see were the Republican in the field, strongholds. We were, are we were way in the field until five days after early voting. I'm still not sure though, what, how you can extrapolate, because, as John suggests, this, this new voter group that has been on the sidelines for a long time or has never been engaged in the in elective politics and that's what makes this so t virtually impossible it seems to me to discern what precisely they will do when they actually get in the uh, polling place. Time now for viewer feedback. Each week we pose an unscientific online poll question in conjunction with our Ice Miller email and text alerts. This week's question, are you ready for election day to get here? Your choices are A, yes, it can't come soon enough. B, no, I'm enjoying the campaign. Or C, I voted already. Last week's question, should Mike Pence stay on the Trump ticket? 31% said quitting would be career suicide. 33% said turn and run. 36% said keep a bag packed. If you'd like to take part in the poll, go to WFYI.org slash IWIR and look for the poll. The candidates vying for Indiana's open U.S. Senate seat met in their only televised debate this week. Democrat Evan Bayh and Republican Todd Young took shots at one another on a number of stances like environmental issues, defense, and Obamacare. Obamacare has been an absolute job killer. It's been a disaster for this economy, and it's hurt so many Americans. Well, there's a real human cost to what Congressman Young wants to do. He wants to take uh, insurance away from 350,000 of our fellow Hoosiers. And in the Wish TV Ball State Hoosiers survey, Bayh maintains a six-point lead over Young. The margin is 49 to 43. John Ketzenberger, are you surprised that Bayh is below 50? Um, no. Uh, the, the tenor of the campaign, the way it's been, uh, I'm actually surprised he's at 49. 
Um, but I think that uh, if you're Evan Bayh, you have to be happy about the, the poll. Um, all of the other uh, you know, things said here earlier are still applying to the results of this poll, and I do believe it's a neck-and-neck -neck race. It's an extent, what we saw in, in the debate was an extension of what we've seen on commercial television with the, you know, the um, uh, negative campaigning that they've had. If we heard it once, we heard it 100 times that Todd Young is a Marine and Obamacare is bad, and Evan Bayh was fully engaged uh, for what I think is probably the earliest, uh, the first time in this campaign. So I'll be curious to see how the next two weeks play out. Okay. Shortly after Biden got into this race, the Democrats released results of an internal poll that showed him with a 26-point lead. Uh, this has it down to six. Um, has, has he stopped falling, do you think? Well, it, the, some of the numbers, uh, not just from this poll, but some of the others we've seen in, in recent weeks would suggest that, that he has uh, settled, that the, that the free fall has settled. I'm guessing that his people in his campaign, if they had a mulligan, would, wishes they had not released a poll that shows that there was a 26-point <laughs> margin. Makes the trend look bad. And it, it certainly makes the trend look bad. I th and I think these numbers are probably more realistic and more likely to, to, to stay in place. I mean, you look at one of the main uh, themes, certainly, that the Young campaign has sounded again and again. It's about questions of residency. And, and uh, right. within the poll, if I'm not mistaken, 71% of of uh, respondents they said, said that's they not said an it issue. They said it would not that, affect their vote. And so that, to me, tells me that if that's your most potent, one of yeah. your most potent weapons, or what's perceived to be they anyway, kept it in the bag. and it's and then almost three quarters of voters are uh, not buying it or not yeah. being affected by it. That doesn't bode well for the young campaign. <laughs> but not very many undecided voters. No, it didn't look like it. I think, you know, I, I think Evan Bayh is probably waiting for one day when he can go to bed in his Washington, D.C. home and think, I had a great day today. I don't think he's had a single good day. He's not won a single day since he got in this race. And to your point, yeah, I think residency, the residency issue certainly has a ceiling. Um, but I think you're seeing other things be, being discussed, but one of which is scrutiny of Evan Bayh's voting record. Did he, when he was going to go get a job with a bank, did he change the way he was voting on banking issues when he knew it, when he was winding down his career? Issues like that are going to be critical you, you, for voters. You know what I love about this? They're saying that he somehow is a tool of Wall Street. When, when Todd Young gets the endorsement of the Washington establishment coming in and doing the lobbying there, because he votes with them 91% of the time, okay? And in addition to that, he Don't doesn't... He thinks student loans should be refinanced. He doesn't think Pell Grant should be out there. He thinks we should lose 100,000 Hoosier jobs. He can't nervous? even pay his own taxes, for God's sake, without having the check bounce. So it's a pretty bad, uh, when you start throwing mud, you better make sure your windows are clean is and Evan, his are not. Is Evan nervous? No. Evan's going to win, and nobody expected that. 20. I, when you brought the 26-point lead up in the first, when we first talked about this, I said, there's no way that lead's going to stay. Well, nobody Biden, expected it Evan to Evan Biden's going to live in a mansion in Washington, D.C., no matter what the outcome of this race is. Well, at least he'll nervous. know where he's supposed to pay taxes, which apparently your guy does well, not. Somebody's well, nervous or at least cautious, or you wouldn't see this race being next to only one other Senate race in the country in terms of the spots that have been aired. Well, that's yeah, why, that's that's why right. the Republicans are spending so much money. Moving on. The candidates for state school superintendent met in a Fort Wayne debate this week. This race is a referendum on the service of Democratic incumbent Glenda Ritz, and the Hoosier survey shows her with a seven-point lead. It's Ritz 44 and Republican Jennifer McCormick 38. Ritz began running TV ads this week as well as she seeks to win a second term. John Schwannis, is that a surprise, the outcome in that poll? No, I, I think uh, this is probably... Uh uh, for a number of reasons, Glenda Ritz's race to lose. Uh, I don't think that uh, 
She has necessarily been behind uh, in this race. And as we've discussed before, this, even though it's down ballot, it's not yeah. necessarily a baseline race because of the importance of education and how active teachers' well, unions and others she's, are she's in these races. She's been a high-profile figure in the state house. Well, right. yeah, but if you look, and, and I'll tell you, here's an example, it seems to me, of, of how you see this, this organizational yeah. uh, heft manifested. At some of these joint appearances or other events, you have people showing up to ask the Republican uh, nominee about, gee, a lot of your donors are the same people who supported Tony Bennett. Uh, yeah, why the, wouldn't they of, be? Yeah. A lot of, I mean, this is this clearly not just people wake up one morning and yeah. say, gee, I think something somebody's prompting them, and there's some orchestration, it seems to me. But that, yeah. again, well, that's a, some legitimate but, concern. But I'm that's a sign Tony of strength. Bennett's that's yeah. a sign of strength. But, but I mean, John Ketzenberger, I mean, if you go back a couple of years ago, you would have expected that the Republicans would have a, a well-financed, uh, hardcore campaign going against Glenda Ritz, and it doesn't appear that's the case. Well, it seems like the, the race is kind of the orphan on the Republican side. I will say this, though. I am surprised that there's 15% undecided. When you look at the Senate race and everybody seems to have right. come into place there, you have a large undecided with a, you know, a, a chance That's to right. make that swing. So while the Republicans haven't given it much love this time around, I still think it's uh, a, an yeah, interesting but race. But Glenda's on the, on the TV now, and that's part of the undecided. A lot of people still don't know who they are. But after, you know, from the teacher perspective and those who follow the education issues closely, since Mike Pence and Eric Holcomb made her a target for the last several years since she was elected, it's not surprising that the support out there is very strong for her, and she's going to win. But part of Jennifer McCormick's problem is that there are too many high-profile races on the Republican side. That's, all, that's, always been the, to win. that's always been the problem, like this far down ballot. I think the analysis is right that John, that John talked about. But, um, you know, Glenda Ritz won the first time by being against things. She was against Tony Bennett. She was against legislation reforms that have passed. Now she's got to run on a record, and school corporations all over the state have had enough of working with this Department of Education. Oh, I, I think right. she's running on a record, and she's anti-Pence and anti-Holcomb, and it's carrying. The Republican is leading in the race for Attorney General. Elkhart County Prosecutor Curtis Hill has a 44-32 to 32 advantage over former Judge Lorenzo Arredondo in a race that has attracted little attention this year. Hill also began running TV ads this week in an effort to grow that lead. And Delaney, is this one over? Well, he, this is the baseline vote. This is, this is without all of the other frictions in there. And, and certainly he's on TV now. And he's a right-wing extremist. He thinks that the function of the attorney general of the state of Indiana is to make war on the federal government, which is the enemy. And he also opposed the criminal justice reforms that had bipartisan support in that, the uh, state legislature. He testified against them. He's also so, got the endorsements of the FOP and the state police. Yeah, lives. so uh, so he, you know, he, he's obviously got the advantage of the Republican, uh, the Republican advantage in the state. Yeah, um, he, he, I agree. There's a Republican advantage in the state, and Curtis Hill is riding it. Um, He's running a good campaign. He's, he's immensely qualified. He's a, he's a successful, popular prosecutor in Elkhart Third County. He's been for a long, long time. So he's going to win. He's going. I don't want to disappoint Ann on her birthday, but Curtis Hill's going to win. Well, <laughs> I just hope he doesn't wind up getting reprimanded by the Supreme Court when he goes over the edge. Everybody get on the on the panel and get the email that it's Ann's birthday. All right, cut it out. Happy birthday! Thank yeah. you, Jim. Yeah, we're going to sing later, but yeah, yeah please. 
not on, not on tape. You know, this may be one of those, as much as stock as I like to put in the electorate in terms of its wisdom and, its, and the homework it does, this may be one of those races where which name sounds most familiar. I mean, we've seen that in other yeah. races around yep. the state where, yeah. oh, yeah, I think I know. I work with somebody who's a cousin or of that. Right. And yeah. I also think well, if, in, in this poll, you, at, you provided names. Is a problematic I'm, I'm name, guessing maybe. if you had not provided yeah. names or your pollster had not yeah. and forced people yeah. to do it, it probably would have been three percentage points to two let's, percentage points. Let's right. ask John the question I asked Anna. Is this one over? Probably. Finally, some NFL players have been taking a knee during the national anthem to send a protest message. Colts tight end Dwayne Allen says he's kneeling for a different reason. In a video released by the Colts, Allen said he's praying and has kneeled at the end of the national anthem for every game of his career. But this week, NBC pointed it out on primetime television, and he started receiving a lot of negative comments on social media. What I want most... It's for this world to be a better place for everyone who lives in it. For this country to be a better America for everyone that lives in it. And for those reasons, I'll continue to kneel and I'll continue to pray. Michael Bryan, is that message more effective than a protest? I don't know. I wish all these guys would just focus on playing football. I'm a Bears fan, but I'm sure Colts fans can sympathize that it is not going to be a good year on either of these in either of these cities from a football standpoint. I wish you know. I understand the right to make a statement. I tune in to watch them play football. Well, and Antonio Cromartie is is uh, his wife says that he got fired because he, he kneeled. The Colts say that's not the case, but Jim Irsay says it's hurting attendance. The, all this talk about protests. I, I think what's hurting attendance is the record. Not, not anything else. And, you know, I, I, I think Dwayne Allen, I, I'm glad he's praying, okay? And if he wants to do it, however he wants to do it, it seems to me, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody ought to feel the, the ability to pray whenever they want to, shouldn't they? I think that's right. All right. That's Indiana Week in Review for this week. Our panel is Democrat Ann Delaney, Republican Mike O'Brien, John Schwannis of Indiana Lawmakers, and John Ketzenberger of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. If you'd like a podcast of this program, you can find it at wfyi.org slash iwir, or starting Monday, you can stream it or get it on demand from Xfinity or Bright House Networks. I'm Jim Shella of Wish TV. Join us next time because a lot can happen in an Indiana Week. Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com.